Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. There was a day when I was cool, uh, when I could stay up past 11 o'clock, and we would, uh, we'd stretch it to midnight, and there would be a midnight uh, church service that we would watch um, uh, on TV. We don't do that anymore. But I wanted you to know that we did film a special Christmas message that's going to be finishing up our Christmas series. We're going to light the Christ candle. It's going to, it's going to air at midnight tonight. Um, for those of us that will be deep into our REMs at that time, you can also watch it tomorrow. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Facebook. But it's going to be an opportunity for you to share this with your friends and your family as well of some of the things that are happening at our church. And so be looking for that, sharing that. Um, we're excited to be able to light that final Christ candle. Um, this is a bit of a trivia question, but can anybody answer this question? What is the most popular Christmas song of all time? Anybody have any answers? White Christmas, Jingle Bells, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty Snowman. You guys probably... Yeah, it is actually Silent Night. Silent Night, yeah. So our purists out there, the ones that love Jesus, right? Silent Night uh, um, uh, was actually composed on Christmas Eve. Fun fact. And the year was 1818. It was written by a pastor named Joseph Moore. It was in the form of a poem. And he had a midnight mass in Europe that he needed to be prepared for. He was a little, little, um, low on content. Uh, and so he went to his friend's house, had walked a couple miles away. And his friend was a music teacher, also on staff at their church in a part-time capacity. And his name was Franz Gruber. And he wrote the melody, and it was at church on Christmas Eve in 1818 that for the very first time, they sang the song Silent Night. And it's pretty cool to think that that was over 200 years ago. It was sung at a random church in the middle of nowhere, and now it's the most famous Christmas song of all time, and is being sung this weekend in 140 different languages around the world. Pretty cool to think about that, right? Uh, yeah, Olga, let's clap for that, right? Yeah, that's what we're clapping with right there. And I, and I share that with you to say that sometimes we fail, we forget to see the grander picture of the story that God is telling. We sometimes look at a situation, a circumstance in our life, um, and, and we, God gave us a dream, He gave us an idea, gave us a poem, gave us a story, gave us something, and then a situation or circumstance just kind of hits us back on our heels. It surprises us. It makes us take a deep breath and wonder, God, where are you? What are you doing? How could you possibly use this situation and this circumstance for your glory and for your good? And I think the story of Silent Night, we've heard of other songs that, that God has used to bless people through the years, whether in times of war, times of peace, or in times... Um, of celebration. But one of the things that we look to um, are these candles of Advent. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do something real quick. I'm going to turn this around for you because what I want to do is I want to highlight that there is actually one candle that is not yet lit. And this is going to be the one that we're going to light tonight when we're sleeping. Um, and then these other four candles represent the four uh, they don't trust me with real fire, by the way, so we have to do these ones that come from Amazon. 
but they represent the different they they represent the different weeks of advent and and that the whole idea of advent is simply this if i could be super spiritual it's so we don't forget jesus is the reason for the season and if we're not careful we're going to get caught up in all the trappings and they're not bad actually like they're wonderful um, I'm, I'm like really looking forward to a couple watching just a couple super corny Christmas movies. Sorry, honey, but it's going to be, we're going to do Elf. It's going to be great. We're not going to do Hallmark. We're going to do Elf. This is an Elf Christmas. I can tell. Yeah. Or maybe one Hallmark. Okay. Maybe one Hallmark, one Elf. Okay. We'll get, we'll, we'll move through it. All that. What else? Home Alone. Any diehard fans out there? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> if you're going to throw me Home Alone, I'm going to bounce back with the diehard. Okay. So. With that being said, this idea of Advent is the idea of not missing out on Christmas. The word Advent actually has Latin roots, um, and it's Adventus, great name for hospital, right? It literally means coming, and the idea of Advent is a season of waiting, preparation, and anticipation. And so during the different Sundays leading up to today, Christmas Eve, we've looked at a different candle representing a different part of the Christmas story. If you have your notes... I put them there on, on your notes for you to remind you what the first um, Advent candle was, and it was the candle of hope. And hope comes from the prophecies of God. Uh, the prophecies of God were the promises of God. And I've said something to you time and time again, I'll say it again, that when God makes a promise, he never breaks what, everyone? A promise. His promises are yes and amen. And the hope that we have is that God made some promises of a coming king, and many of which we're going to read again today in our text. The second candle of Advent was the candle of, it's going to come up right now, it's going to be of faith. And it's faith of, of Joseph and Mary. And Joseph and Mary, we saw, and we'll see again today, on their journey to Bethlehem. It was not an easy journey, it was actually very challenging, and it took faith. And we're going to look today that it's going to take faith for us to experience peace in our life. The faith to take God literally at his word. The third candle is the candle of joy. And it's joy that the shepherds experienced from the angels' announcement. We looked at that last week. And that we realize is that our joy comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from situations or circumstances, but it comes only from the Lord. And when we have the joy of the Lord, it becomes our strength and it guides us during seasons, especially challenging seasons. And I just know some of you are going through some of those seasons right now. Maybe even watch it online. But the fourth candle, the, the candle that we're going to look at and I alluded to, is this one this week. And if you're taking notes, write this down. It's going to be the candle of peace. The fourth candle of Advent is that of peace. And it's going to be a peace that transcends our understanding. It's going to be a peace that God and only God can provide. And one of the things that I love about the Christmas story is, is this, is that people ask me, hey, Brent, how do you come up with message ideas and content? And on this particular year, time of the year, uh, God has already prepared the message. And my goal is just to stay out of the way. Uh, our goal is just to, to tell it creatively and persuasively in a way that points to the reason for the season. And he has a name and his name is Jesus. And so the story of Christmas is really the story that is clearly communicated in a myriad of different ways throughout the course of different Gospels over thousands of years. And it points to these ideas right here is that when we have discomfort in our lives, when there's chaos in our life, we can experience peace that only comes 
from Jesus. So we're going to look at two angelic moments today. That sounds like a, 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 like a lot of content. Trust me. I'm just going to read it, make a couple of observations, and we'll get you out of here so you guys can go make some Christmas cookies. Sound good? All right. So if you have your Bibles, I'd love to have you turn with me to Matthew. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in Matthew chapter 1, we're going to look at the story, the Christmas story, through an angelic encounter that Joseph had. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Let me read it for you. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. By the way, Messiah means chosen one. The Messiah came about. His mother, Jesus' mother Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. We're all going to agree that that's a little bit outside of the normal. Yes? Okay, a little bit potentially troubling. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Some translation says because he was a righteous man or because he was a man of faith. Because of that, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had it in his mind to divorce her quietly. You may be thinking to yourself, how can you divorce a person that you're not yet married to? And in the first century betrothal system for you to be engaged would have been the equivalent of being married. And so in essence, what he was trying to do is because he was a righteous man, he was a gracious man. He was just trying to take care of this quietly with as much dignity and respect as possible for Mary, even though he's a little disappointed in the situation. You'd agree with me that, right? Verse 20, but after he'd considered this, this is where the angelic interaction happens. This is the message from God. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Real quick, before we, before we go on in, the, in, in this message, I know sometimes uh, you'll hear me say that, that, that we can either walk by fear or faith. We cannot walk by both at the same time. And I would, I would hate for you to think that I'm telling you that it is not normal for us to have fear. Fear is a normal emotion that we must deal with. Fear comes our way. We have a choice of what we're going to do when fear comes our way. Do you guys agree with me on that? And in this situation, Joseph was genuinely afraid. For some of you right now, based on your situations and circumstances of life, or what you've looked at, or what you're going to be looking at, fear is real. What you choose to do with that fear is a choice. Joseph was afraid. So, what does Scripture tell us? It says that... Um, that it was from it was God's plan from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she'll give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I want to pause there real quick. That's a big claim. It wasn't like they're just naming him like John or Larry, right? Literally naming him Messiah, like Savior. Like this is all in or nothing right here. I mean, he had to take God at his word based on this angelic interaction. Don't underlook that. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Remember the first candle? It's the prophecy candle, right? And the prophecy was there to make our, were the promises of God to give us hope. And I love this. And he quotes the prophet and says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. You might be thinking to yourself, how is it possible for a virgin to conceive, right? Well, that's where the miraculous part comes in. And they will call him, what everyone? Emmanuel. Which means what? Say it out loud. God with us. And that's what we're talking about. In the midst of what we're experiencing, because God is with us, it changes everything. Let me finish this up and I'll give you the big idea here. When Joseph woke up, 
he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name, what everyone? Jesus. So it means he literally took Jesus at his, he took God at his word. Like there was a situation, a circumstance that was beyond his scope, beyond his understanding. Kind of freaked him out a little bit. Don't be afraid. Choose to trust me. He trusted God. And because of that, because of his character, his willingness to put feet to his faith, he's a part of the greatest story ever told. See, a lot of times we look at our situations, our circumstances, we wonder, what could God ever do with this messed up situation? I'm going to tell you what. If you'll take God at his word, he can do abundantly more than you could ever hope or imagine. If you're taking notes, this is the big idea. Because God is with us, that's Emmanuel, we can have peace even when we feel alone. Even when we feel alone. I just really think that that's probably one of the emotions that Joseph was struggling with. Just feeling so alone, feeling so distant, feeling so apart from whatever God's plan could have been. I can't help but just be overwhelmed by how impressed I am by Joseph for how well he handled this. I'll be honest, I don't think I could have done the same. His character was revealed in times of trial. I, I, I read this this week, and I'm going to say it a couple times to you. And it's not on the notes, but you might want to write it down. It's this, is that a true test of our faith is when we don't understand it at all and still trust God with it all. A true test of faith is when we don't understand it all, but we choose to trust God with it all. I'm going to say it one more time. A true test of faith is when we don't understand it all, but we still trust God with it all. You see, I think that's going to be a part of what some of us are going to have to work through this Christmas. Maybe even heading into this new year. The situations and circumstances of life are stretching us. They're challenging us. We don't understand them. We, we don't exactly see what God is doing. We don't, see the, we don't see the silver lining in the cloud. But friends, when we can't see the hand of God, remember to trust the heart of God. We're not always going to see His hand, but we can trust His heart. We can't always see how he's doing what he's doing. We have questions like, why is he doing what he's doing? We have these concerns like, how is it possible that you're letting this happen to this person and yet this to this person? We, we look at life through the lens of fairness. We look through the, the, the life through the lens of like goodness. And we oftentimes miss out on what God is doing in the midst of all of it. You see, we can experience the peace of God, Emmanuel, God with us. And we can experience peace, especially when we're feeling alone, just like Joseph. The second story that we're going to look at is going to be this angelic interaction that, that Mary had. Um, and it's going to be in a different gospel. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your devices, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And by the way, because there's longer text, I only put little snapshots of the text in your notes today. But Luke chapter 1, verse 26, let me go and read this for you. So it was going to be in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. You may be wondering, who's this Elizabeth gal? I'll explain in a second. God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So we're seeing now different story, different snapshot, different circumstances, but same storyline. God is getting ready to do something, reveal a truth through an angelic messenger. 
And the angel went ahead of her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Everyone say, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. That means Emmanuel, doesn't it? Mary was greatly troubled at his words. By the way, show of hands, how many of us would be troubled if, the, if an angel of the Lord spoke to us? Can I have a show of hands? Okay, good. All right. So we're in good hands with Mary, right? She was greatly troubled with his words and wondered what kind of greeting might this be? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Everyone say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Mary, you've been found in favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus going on. He'll be great and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. And this is where it starts getting real good here, everybody. She said, how can it be? I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So this miraculous thing is going to happen. You can't quite understand it, but you're going to have to trust it. Verse 36, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was unable to conceive until, and now she's now in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Hold that scripture right there. Go back. For no word from God will ever fail. Would you say that out loud, church? For no word from God will ever fail. Think about that. That when God says something, when God makes a promise... He always keeps his promises. Can I hear an amen to that? That every word of God will never fail. You will fail other people and other people will fail you. But God will never fail you. And listen to what Mary says next. And I want you to think about this. And we close this up. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. You know, I love her response that she literally took the angel at his word. And we are to do that as well. If you would write this down, because God is with us, because Emmanuel is with us, we can have peace even when we feel forgotten. Even when we feel alone like Joseph, when we feel forgotten like Mary, we can experience peace that transcends our understanding. i got to be honest, it's pretty impressive the way Mary handled this. It's how she showed that she really was a person that God could trust. And, and I think in our situations and our circumstances, sometimes we look at events in our life and we're like, God, what are you doing? How could you possibly use this terrible situation for your good? This uncertain situation for your good? This situation that, that expands my idea of how in the world did I get myself in the situation that I think you put your, you put me into, or maybe I put myself into, but I don't know. How can you do it? And I want to remind you that this is what faith looks like. Faith looks like that when we trust God, even when we don't understand it all, we still trust him with it all. We take him at his word. And the question that I have for you and the question I have for myself is this. How are we doing, church, at trusting God when things aren't exactly going the way we wanted them to go? When we're feeling alone, when we're feeling forgotten, when we're feeling disappointed. For some of you, you're looking at the situations of your life and you're looking at you're trying to find, God, where are you moving? How are you working in this situation? And you've heard me say it before, I'm going to say it one last time. When you can't see the hand of God in a situation, trust the heart of God.
You see, the greatest story I've ever told doesn't come from a situation where everything went to plan the way the people thought. Have you noticed in our life that oftentimes the moments of greatest spiritual growth come during the most challenging seasons? Yes? I would never wish that on another person. What I know is, is that you're either in that situation now or you're going to go into it or you're coming out of it. This is called the Christmas story and that we can experience God with us even when it looks like everything is upside down. I woke up this morning to breaking news um, uh, on my news feed and it said, breaking news, Christmas in Bethlehem is canceled. And for those of us that have been following the events in Israel, and we've been following the events of the unrest that's happening there in the Gaza and, and, and what's happening in that neck of the woods, um, I suppose it's not surprising, based on the heightened security risk and all that's going on, that in the city of, of, of uh, Bethlehem, which is under Palestinian control, they made the decision to cancel Christmas. Which for us, I mentioned last week, in 2019, got to travel there and spend Christmas week in Bethlehem. And for me, like, I'm thinking to myself, if I were to go on a long journey, I mean, sure, it's not like Nazareth to Bethlehem, but like Fresno to, you know, to Israel, pretty far journey. If I was going to all of that effort to make it to go spend Christmas in Bethlehem, to get there to say, oh, by the way, no can do, that'd be pretty disappointing, wouldn't it, everybody? And I think in our situations and our circumstances, we can sometimes look at our plans and we can miss out on what God's plans are. And the truth is, is just because, just because Christmas as people once knew it or was going to be isn't going to happen the way they thought it was going to be in Bethlehem doesn't mean that Christmas is canceled. Amen? So a lot of times we think that unless it looks this way or feels this way or we're able to do this, that, or the other, that it's really not Christmas. But the truth is, is that it's not about any of those things. When you begin to look at the story of Christmas, it's actually a pretty disappointing story. You've got, a, you've got a, a, a woman who's feeling forgotten. You've got a man who's feeling alone. They're feeling disillusioned. They're feeling disappointed in the situations of life. They hop on a donkey. They go on a hundred mile journey uphill with a pregnant woman who's allegedly holding the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in her womb only to come to a city in Bethlehem and have no place to stay. A person who owns a cattle on a thousand hills didn't have a bed to sleep in. This, this child of God was born into poverty and obscurity. This, this child who, who would have been breaking news today, no one even talked about until angels appeared. This child who would come to set the captives free within the first few months of his life would be persecuted and run out of Bethlehem and be a, become a refugee in Egypt to save his life. Do you guys see the plot twist here? That we think that we think that a Christmas is like an Amy Grant white Christmas. We had the, we got the fluffy scenario of like a Tennessee Christmas, and that's got to be Christmas. But what happens when it doesn't go that way? Disappointment, unemployment. Medical challenges, relational strains, dreams aren't realized, futures are questioned. Where's God in the midst of all of that? Friend, I need you to know that God is closer than your very breath.
That when you cannot see his hand, you can trust what? His heart. He loves you. He's for you. You can trust him. When God makes a promise, he always keeps a promise. Do you believe that, church? Here's the promise. The promise has a name, and I don't want you to miss this. And as the band makes their way up for this final song, because God is with us, we can have peace through a relationship with Jesus. We can have peace through relationship with Jesus. And that, notice I didn't say, and we can have peace through religion. Notice I didn't say, and we can have peace through right actions or by, by, by checking the boxes or by all these situations and circumstances laying out the way we wanted them to, the way we thought they should. But rather, that we can have peace in the midst of whatever we're experiencing through a relationship with Jesus. Can I talk to you about that relationship as I close? That relationship does a couple cool things. Number one, it takes care of our past. It secures our future and it meets us right where we are. The relationship with Jesus Christ means that, that our, our sins are forgiven. Our past is, is, is made right by trusting in what Christ did on the cross. He atoned for our sins. We've, we've been given freedom and forgiveness. Our past is atoned for. It also means that our future is secure. It means that this world that we're living through and as great as this Christmas is, it's just going to be a foretaste of how wonderful it's going to be to celebrate future Christmases with Jesus. Do you believe that, church? So we know that our, 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 we know that our, we know that our future is secure. We know that our past is taken care of. But, but as we wrap up here, can I talk about our present right now? See, for a lot of us, the present that we're looking at right now is like, oh my gosh, I forgot to buy this present. I hope Walgreens is open. I don't know if Walgreens is even exists anymore. Did it go out of business? I'm not sure, right? There's a lot of things that I'm not sure about anymore. But what I know is, is that the present that we're talking about has nothing to do with running a financial transaction at a department store, but is the present of opening a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you do that, it changes everything. It means that we begin to experience life. And a lot of times we think that life is going to be experienced in heaven one day when we see our Lord and Savior face to face. But did you know that in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that I have come. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and you might have what? To the what? To the full. Abundant life. And so that, my friends, is what I want us to experience this Christmas. Abundant, full life. So would you stand to your feet as we close in this final song? This is going to be a wonderful song. It's going to be a reflective song. This is going to be our offering. This is going to be our worship. Friends, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, God, my friends, is with you. You can experience His peace. It transcends our understanding. If you feel forgotten, if you feel alone, if you feel discouraged, if you feel depressed, you can lean in and experience hope. To Jesus Christ. If you would like prayer as well, we're going to be making some of our um, some of our lay pastors available, our prayer team available during this time. After you can come to the front, to the sides. We love to pray with you. If you want to unwrap the gift of a relationship with Jesus Christ, we'd love to help you do that as well. But all that being said, Christy and the band are going to lead us in this final song and make this our anthem, make this our song for Christmas this year. Do you believe that, church? Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.